we were able to divide fields up based on the yield we got from them and see maybe is it a pH issue, is it a P issue, is it a K issue, or maybe it's just that part of the field is wet, that part of the field is a good dry part of the field, or another part of the field is shaded, say, so it doesn't yield as well. But once we could see patterns like that, we could use that information to decide whether it was a, a nutrient problem or a pH problem or just a soil issue. All farmers take great care to ensure the correct amount of seed or fertiliser is applied and most likely will give out to themselves if any miscalculation results in a poor outcome in the field. The quantities used by farmers are general recommendations taking into account the immediate conditions in the field. Few farmers are able to look back accurately to field results to really inform current decisions. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. About a month ago, Chagas held a farm walk in Don Summers' farm in Wexford. Don is a tillage signpost farmer and is leading the way in taking the complexity within farming and putting it into practice on his farm. This is the last of the three episodes from the farm walk and in this final episode we chat to Don Summers and Dermot Forrestal, a researcher in Chagas, about how Don is using the precision equipment on his machinery to aid his agronomy decisions. I started by asking Don, was the yield monitor on the combine the starting place on his journey into the precision technology? Well, I suppose step one was I, through TAMS, I bought an auto steer kit and that's the kit that I chose had the ability to do yield mapping and I was going to fit the auto steer to the combine just to make harvesting easier. So once I had the auto steer fitted, it made sense to put a, a, a yield sensor um, on the combine and use that to create yield maps. At the time, I didn't really see myself using yield maps, but I did know it was important to start creating yield maps years in advance because you can't really go off one year's yield maps, but um, once I had uh, three to four years worth of yield maps, I then had some useful data that I could use. Okay. And Dermot, you might uh, you know, step us through maybe the bits and pieces in the combine with Don? Yeah, well, the, the, as Don says, the yield mapping, I suppose, is the start because really to actually have a history of yield maps is hugely valuable. So really for all of these machines, what the technology does is it gives us a position signal, first of all. So any of these machines, whether you're yield mapping, whether you're spraying or applying, or applying chemical or fertilizer or any of those things, uh, you need to know where you are in the field. So you have a position sensor in the in, uh, GPS uh, receiver on the machine and then you have something else that's doing something else. In this case, we're using the combine to actually measure yield, to give us a, a measure of how the yield varies, if you like, within individual fields. So, Don has a sensor on, the, on this particular one. Uh, what, what brand have you, Don, on yeah. this? I'm using the Topcon system. Uh, the reason I chose Topcon when I was buying was because the screen I bought came unlocked for yield mapping, variable rate application, so I knew it gave me more options in the future. Um, so then, when I had that in the combine, an optical sensor was fitted to the clean grain elevator, and there's a module then, a yield track module, which interprets the signals from the, the optical sensor to create the yield map. So it measures the amount of grain coming in at the combine at every point in the field, getting the signal from the GPS. So that then creates a map showing the variation within the field. And Don, that was factory fitted or did you retrofit it? No, I went for a retrofit option because I felt that if I changed my combine in the future, 
as I did last year, I can take all my equipment with me and put it onto the new combine, so I'm only buying it once. I'm not buying it on a combine, then when I change my combine, I have to buy it all again, and it means I don't have to stick with one brand in particular. If I change to a different brand of combine, all my data remains consistent. So a lot of people are thinking, well, fair juice, you know, great man of technology, delighted you're at that. Not really for me at all, it sounds too complicated. How complex or simple is it? What happens when you come through a field? What do you do to make sure it's going to record what you wanted to record? It's very simple to use. Anyone that could use a smartphone could easily use the system. It's a touchscreen system, so when I drive into a field, I select the field. I have all my fields mapped. So I map them the first time around, then I just select the name of the field. I select the type of crop I'm cutting and then I just start cutting. On the very first uh, piece I cut of each field, it's important to um, cut, say, a trailer load and weigh that and confirm that the weight in the trailer corresponds with the weight the combine has recorded. If not, I need to adjust so that it, the actual weight corresponds with the weight the combine has measured. And once you've done that, it's just a matter of start cutting, keep going as you change fields, just select a different field, select a different crop. It's that simple, it works away in the background and when the harvest is over I just download all my yield maps onto a USB stick and up them, upload them onto um, a, a software program that can interpret that data and create a yield map. Okay. And from the point of view of um, the, you, you say you had all the fields mapped around before you started, are you an RTK system or a lesser system than that? Uh, the system that I use on the combine is a free-to-use system, but one of my other tractors has an RTK system. Now, the systems I use on everything is a Topcon system, so they're all interchangeable, but the fields have been mapped with the outer boundaries and the AB lines using RTK, which is a more accurate signal, and all my tram lines are put in place using the RTK-based system, but the free-to-use system is more than accurate enough to create a yield map because if the, if the yield drifts, say, six inches throughout a season, it's really not going to make a difference as far as showing the variability in the field. The RTK is only really important for permanent tram lines so that my tram lines don't drift throughout the field and I can create um, no compaction. Um, the, the, the tram lines are always in the same place every year and the control traffic means that the, the compaction doesn't drift around the field. So I suppose, yeah, the, the ultimate question is, I mean, you've got these lovely mapsters, which is one just up there, we can see lots of colours on it and that kind of stuff. What are you using them for? How, how are they useful to you? Um, one year's yield map, yield map is actually useless because it just shows what happened in one year. Um, that could be down to weather, it could be down to a lot of things. Once you start to build up a number of years yield maps, you have useful information. So um, once we had um, three years worth of yield maps, that's kind of the minimum you would need. We could look at why did particular parts of the field not yield and why did particular parts of the field yield particularly well. So to assess that properly then, we did soil tests on the farm based on yield maps. Traditionally, we would say split a field in two, soil sample one side of the line, the other side of the line, and that's what you had but we were able to divide fields up based on the yield we got from them and see maybe is it a pH issue, is it a P issue, is it a K issue or maybe it's just that part of the field is wet, that part of the field is a good dry part of the field or another part of the field is shaded say so it doesn't yield as well but once we could see patterns like that um, you know, we could we could use that information to decide whether it was a, a nutrient problem or a pH problem or just a soil issue. Be more precise again in terms of what you're doing yes. in, in field rather than across the farm. Yes, and once we had those soil tests, um, 
for the most part they were pretty good there was a few fields that showed higher levels of variation and in those parts of the fields um, we were able to do a variable rate application of P because I have a fertilizer spreader that was capable of doing that where we saw bigger variation was in the pH of the field but unfortunately I don't have a spreader capable of doing it and I can't seem to find a contractor who was willing or capable of doing variable rate lime application but that would be, I hope, the next step in what we're doing on this farm would be to move towards variable rate line. Yeah, I'd, I'd just say there, like, what's important to remember is that the yield maps may show you things that parts of the field and variability there that you can't do much about. In other words, you can't have a really a management response, such as what you mentioned there earlier, Don, in terms of uh, lighter textured soils, for instance, in a dry year, they're going to run out of steam anyhow in terms of what they are. In a wet year, they might actually perform very well. But we probably can't really anticipate whether we're going to get that drier yet wet year so our management response in those areas is limited but it is hugely important to find to find out as well as taking the actual soil test for uh, lab analysis that we actually look at the soils themselves in those areas which is something you would do to look at them to see what their texture is and maybe either to see if there are any other soil physical structure problems in some of those areas as well. I suppose it will be more useful the more yield maps I develop because as farmers, we always remember the really good years and the really bad years, and we forget about the in-between years, but say over a longer period of time, 10, 15, 20 years, it'll be easier to target what worked in certain years and what worked and didn't, or what worked in other, didn't work in other years, and just help us to make better decisions in the future. You have an impressive line of machinery here, the combine, there's a big um, dung spreader here, there's various other different things here. We talked a little bit to um, to uh, one of the targets, your targets advisor around your organic manures and how you're using that. In terms of precision, are you precision applying some of those organic manures as well, targeting better to individual areas or fields or fields in general? Um, I'm trying to use as much precision and accuracy as I, as I can with the organic manures and the lime. I use the same spreader to spread the lime. It's a universal spreader that can spread lime and organic manures. I can't justify a weight cell system that can do variable rate, but I can't afford to get a, I got a, a weighing system fitted to my loader. So I weigh all the product that goes into the spreader, whether it's lime or um, say poultry manure or farmyard manure or dairy sludge. So I know exactly what weight is in the spreader. And because I spread using GPS, I know exactly what area has been spread. So without making a massive investment, I can be as accurate and use the precision equipment that I have on farm to spread those products as accurately as possible. Um, with the likes of the, the organic manures, I get them tested. So I know how much NP and K are in them. And if I know exactly how many kilograms or tons to the acre have been applied, I know how much NP and K has been applied and I can fine tune that then with my applications of chemical manure. Okay. And you're using your yield mapping to target areas that are lower you know, in terms of replying the organic manures to, to those areas? Yeah, well, I, I bet all the organic manures are applied based on um, a nutrient management plan, which is based on the, um, soil the yield maps. And soil tests. And, and soil tests. Okay. So we use that information, but we also might look at a headland that maybe hasn't been yielding over a number of years, and we might apply some extra organic manure there, say extra farmyard manure to try and improve soil structure. So we use all the information we have to make those decisions. Yeah, I'd, I'd just say that, you know, actually bringing a bit of precision into applying organic manure is very important because if you think of the way we do it with conventional spreaders, you know, that we're uh, out there tray testing and we're trying to make sure we get that done evenly, we should be applying the very same to organic manure. And Don, Don is actually doing that. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, 
organic manure spreaders will tend to vary both in their width-wise in the spread but also length-wise as the load empties they tend to vary as well so again attempts need to be made to get that right the speed of the floor belt the speed of the tractor to try and make sure that you have the same output going out from that spreader when you start the load in the middle of the load at the end of the load technology can help that you know by having weighing systems that control that but it can be very expensive but even if you haven't that technology you can do something that's brilliant gentlemen thank you very much for that thank you Michael so that's it for this week and a huge thanks to Don Summers for opening up his farm on the day to all his neighbours and farmers in the region and also to Dermot Forrestal for his contribution on the day an event for your diary is the Chagas ECT Grass Week Conference which takes place in the Kilishi Hotel in Nace on November the 8th at 10.30am this event will delve into the increasing problem of grass weeds on Irish tillage farms including black grass herbicide-resistant wild oats and ryegrass, and more. We will also hear from a number of farmers who have been working within the project over the past five years to control problematic weeds on their farm. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review, and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.